Hello, everyone. Welcome to Help Formation. This is Katie. I am your host. Thank you for joining us today. So before we start out on today's episode, I would like to introduce you to someone new. His name is Marcus. Hey, guys. Hi, Marcus. My name is Marcus Maz. I'm a second year pharmacy student here at the institution. I'm into health and wellness like Katie is, and she's actually my teacher, so she... (laughs) She asked me to come on and be her co-host and just kind of take you guys through the things that we like and empower you guys to be better. Yeah, so Marcus is into physical health and wellness, nutrition, fitness, so I asked him to help me out a little bit with the podcast just because life is busy and sometimes I need some help. Yeah. Um, so he's actually posted the last two, if anyone is on our Facebook page, he's posted the last two updates on there. So if anyone has read those, those were for Marcus. And then he is making his debut on our episode today on CBD. Absolutely. And another background about me, I ran track in college. So I have the exercise background and I kind of self-educated myself about nutrition because I really wanted to improve my health and well-being. So I've done a lot of research on my own and I've also learned a lot from school and Katie and our other professors so so what kind of do you follow a specific diet now um I kind of do like a Mediterranean ish diet so I, I try to eat like three or four servings of vegetables a day and only stick to lean meats I try to incorporate a lot more plant protein since um I got assigned the Ornish diet <laughs> Um, That was my doing, kind of. (laughs) So I just try to do that a little bit more now, but for the most part, I eat pretty holistic foods and I stay away from sugar-sweetened beverages and fatty foods, fast foods. Processed? For the most part, I'll have like a protein bar or something every now and then, but uh, I try to get most of it through whole foods. Awesome. And then what kind of physical activity do you do, Jim? Um, Yeah, I go to the gym. I do like uh, more of a strength-based program, and then I play basketball twice a week. Marcus is very tall. Yeah, I'm a big guy. How tall are you? (laughs) 6'5". I shouldn't have said I'm a big guy. I'm very skinny. So Marcus just started his own little health and wellness wellness page with his girlfriend, so if you want to check him out on social media, you can. Yeah, it's called mbfitness.nutrition. And that's on Instagram. We're kind of just taking you guys through what we do to be healthy overall. Because she's had a lot of questions from a lot of her friends about how to start eating healthy. Because she did not grow up eating healthy and I didn't either. So we both kind of taught ourselves how to eat healthy. And it's really hard to go from eating the classic American diet to eating a diet that is good for you and helps with longevity. It's more of like an instructional, motivational lifestyle type of page. And it's new, right? Yeah, we just started it on Saturday. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Health Formation, and I hope that you enjoyed today's episode on CBD. Well, Duncan, hello. Thank you for joining Health Formation today. I'm excited to have you here and to chat a little bit about CBD. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Katie. How's everything going? I know you said you're a little busy lately. 
Yeah, things things are really good as the cannabis industry continues to evolve and expand uh, now. So with a focus on hemp and and the CBD industry, things are things are really really good. We opened up a health and wellness store in Brantford, Connecticut, on Main Street, back in April, awesome. and there's been just fantastic community support uh, all the all the clientele that comes in our our main focus is education first and foremost love it yep and so we are not just like a hemp and cbd store we focus on basic neurochemistry gut health the endocannabinoid system and then our secondary focus is the quality of well-sourced products that we carry on our shelves Great. So we have a lot of great information there that we can cover today. Um, but first, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about you and why you wanted to get into this industry and start doing CBD? Absolutely. So, and I apologize if this is a little, a little long-winded, but my no. my name is Duncan Markovich. Um, <laughs> I had originally gone to undergrad at Western New England College in Springfield, Mass. My initial interest in school was biomedical engineering. I was on a pre-med track and I wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon to not only better understand my own heart disease, but to help those with their own and, and further understand my, my knowledge about the human body and the heart. Unfortunately, about a year and a half into that program, I needed to make a different uh, directional decision in my in my schooling. So I ended up leaving that program and I finished with a degree in international relations. I minored in Spanish, got the opportunity to study abroad in Spain. When I finished in 2009, I then started my MBA in sustainability. That was a school out in Oregon. But maybe seven months into the beginning of that, I found out I needed my fourth open heart surgery. Oh, no. So I had to take a medical leave of absence and get that heart surgery. And that's when the fun began, so to speak. I There was a unfortunate massive surgical complication, and I nearly lost my left leg. And after being discharged and detoxing from all the prescribed opiates I was on, I then looked towards the uh, cannabis plant as a therapeutic capacity to help cope physically and mentally with the detox of some very high-dosed opiate protocol that they needed the hospital put me on for my, the amount of pain and damage to my leg. What year was this? So this would have been August of 2010. Okay, so before the opioid crisis. I would be interested to see how that would be handled now, now that we know all the problems with opioids, if it would be different. Yeah, I um, I mean, it, they certainly created a crisis for me in, <laughs> in, in yeah. the moment. At the worst, I was on about 18 milligrams of Dilaudid a day, Ooh. and I... Just the the extent of the damage to my leg was so severe that they really didn't know how to manage the the pain levels, and they kind of just over overdid it and overprescribed it. And I very quickly passed that threshold of needing the opiates to 
block the communication of pain. I quickly passed that threshold of that to then chemical dependency. So I was under the assumption that I was still in massive amounts of pain, but it was actually my dopamine receptors telling me that, hey, we're chemically addicted to this now. And, you know, we're going to trick you in thinking you're in pain, but really we're just craving these drugs. And I mean, the pain pathway changes within seven days of being on an opioid. So that is a really short amount of time. So only seven days after you started taking that medication, your brain perceived pain differently than before. I think yeah. that's why people get addicted to it a lot and the opioid crisis has become such a thing is because doctors didn't know before right. how severe it could be. Mm-hmm. To say, if you're in pain, then we'll give you this ABCD that we give to every single patient. Right. Okay, I agree. Exactly. So, so that, so that was um, 87 days of being bedridden in the hospital. Oh my God! Did you have a blood clot? Or no, no. So the the long and the short of it was the uh, the bypass machine hookup was running through my left femoral artery. Okay. And during 12 of the 18 hour long cardiac surgery, I developed compartment syndrome. Oh. After the heart surgery was completed, and at the time when the vascular team got to me, my thigh was 43 inches around, and and they needed to perform four rather aggressive fasciotomies. Yeah, I was going to say, they must have cut into it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then with the assistance, I guess, like the, the wound vacuum technology had just come out, so that, you know, picture a food saver saran wrap. Mm-hmm. hooked up hooked up to a simple vacuum so they would wrap that around the open wounds and then you know suck out all the caustic fluid that's a byproduct of when a compartment syndrome happens that's insane and do you have any residual anything from that i have um some pretty steady drop foot left and a lot of pain management still today um but the the biggest byproduct of all of that is the uh, neuropathy for sure oh yeah yeah okay so So, that was how you started kind of getting into the whole cannabis and cannabinoid yep yep you you know using it in a therapeutic capacity to heal myself physically and and also mentally you know going going through that whole ordeal at the age of 23 was was pretty intense and you know thankfully using cannabis in that capacity allowed me to not need opiates uh definitely helped me through the the withdrawal process because i i did it cold turkey i didn't use any suboxone or anything like that and really um, Yep. And then and then also, you know, strengthening my mind and, and, you know, the anxiety and all the fears of do I get to keep my leg? Will I ever get better? Will I ever be able to run again? You know, all the things that don't necessarily get kind of factored in to post op. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, it was it was very powerful and important to have that support. And thankfully, I was able to find good quality products to help me in that process. How did you transition from using it for your own personal use to now kind of having your store mm-hmm. and helping to teach other people about it? So my my business partner, Paul Stecker, also from Brantford, 
you know, we started talking about doing something within the cannabis industry last summer. How did you guys kind of like become business partners? Were you working on stuff together before? No, no, just kind of happenstance. You know, the, you know, the scene in Brantford, it's a very small town and and a lot of uh, social circles overlap. And Paul is um, closer to my younger brother's age. So just, you know, over the years of meeting him at social gatherings and talking and getting to know him, we built a rapport and we were just hanging out a lot last summer in which, you know, we kind of heard whispers about CBD and hemp getting legalized at the federal level. And we were just kind of talking like, hey, we should do something, you know, whether it's in Massachusetts with medical cannabis or, you know, if this hemp CBD thing unfolds. So at the time I was still a financial advisor at TD Bank. And that just did not really um, align. Yeah. It, it, well, we don't necessarily have to talk about <laughs> any of that. <laughs> so, but when in December 2018, when the Farm Bill Act was passed that, you know, re-legalized the hemp plant and at the, you know, at the federal level and subsequently all byproducts of the hemp plant, um, that's kind of when I said to Paul, like, hey, man, if we're going to do something, we should do it now. And this is a little bit uh, an easier entry barrier right. to the ca- to the cannabis industry. Right. And and yeah, it's it's been it's been a wild and amazing ride so far. And for our listeners, I think it's interesting too that we do have a dispensary in Brantford as well. We do, <laughs> yeah. Medical. We do. Yes, yeah. And Connecticut, interestingly enough, runs the only pharmacology structure in in the country when it comes to states that are medicinal marijuana in the in the state of Connecticut in order to own or operate a dispensary you have, you must either be a licensed MD or a licensed pharmacist right and i think that's awesome so in north carolina we don't have any thc is completely illegal still it's on the forefront i guess of in the um legislator legislature people are talking about it and i am because I'm from Connecticut, obviously, I'm a big advocate for trying to get pharmacists into the dispensaries because that's awesome. That's so like we can actually make recommendations based on, you know, mm-hmm. science, use what people are telling us that works and put that with science. I love it. Anyway, sorry. Absolutely. Was, no, 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 it's all good. <laughs> um, so can you give us a little background on CBD, like exactly what it is and what some misconceptions are about it? Sure. Absolutely. So. The biggest distinction is kind of really understanding the classification of this plant, you know, and using genus and species to understand the hierarchy of how this plant is categorized. So when we talk about the word cannabis, what that is encapsulating is both the the two sides of the coin, which is marijuana and hemp. In the cannabis plant, there's approximately 113 molecules that have medicinal properties. These these molecules are called cannabinoids. In both marijuana and hemp, all of these molecules are present. It's just the the main differentiator is the concentration of the molecule THC, which yields the psychoactive components and what gets you, you know, proverbially the, the term, it gets you high. So for for our listeners out there, just to keep it simply, marijuana is high in THC, 
hemp is very low in THC. In the United States, in order for the cannabis plant to be classified as hemp, it must have 0.3% or less THC. At that level, it's just neurochemically impossible for you to get high. You won't, you know, you can use the hemp-based cannabinoid products to get all the medicinal benefits from this plant without losing cognitive function um, or abilities. And the the major medicinal benefits of the cannabis plant is its anti-inflammatory properties. But then when you start getting into different kinds of strains of plants, they have their own unique categories and characteristics that some are better for helping people with anxiety. Others are better helping with people with certain kinds of nerve damage and pain um, or physical pain of that matter. So, um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of misconceptions are like, Oh, marijuana is the female version of the cannabis plant. (laughs) Hemp's the male version, you know, not factors in. Yeah. And and again, it's, it's all about just, you know, lack of information and misconception, which is why we really focus primarily on, as I said before, like breaking down the stigma of the plant and empowering people with the education and knowledge of the basic science, what the endocannabinoid system is, how it operates, and how it really, you know, when you when you use hemp-based cannabinoids, those kind of products just derived from the hemp plant, how it really holistically supports the body. You mentioned that there are lots of different components of the plant. So you have the, like the isolated cannabidiol that you can get, or you have a full spectrum CBD product. Yeah. So can you compare and contrast those a little bit? Absolutely. So with this whole CBD boom right now, mm-hmm. there's a few there's a few things that everybody should be really truly be aware of. And a lot of the times these products and unfortunately right now this is still a completely unregulated market. When people say, oh, it has CBD in it, you kind of want to do a deeper dive and understand, well, what exactly does that mean? So, so CBD isolate is when just the CBD or cannabidiol molecule is extracted from the cannabis plant. Marijuana strains have concentrations of CBD and hemp plants have a higher concentration of CBD. So for the most part, the CBD is extracted from hemp-based cannabis plants. Then that isolated molecule can then be added into a manufactured product, whether it's a topical lotion or a bath bomb or a soap. Um, Yeah, the the bath bombs are actually really, really good to use. So what we're finding is that products that just have CBD isolate in them that you actually ingest, those are the products that you should watch out for. When you are isolating just one molecule and polarizing it and making it very strong in a product, when you ingest it, it gets filtered through your body a little bit differently. And what we're finding is that the CBD isolate products that you consume have a very similar effect on your liver and kidneys as if you were to use too much aspirin or Tylenol huh. as a as a daily regimen. So over, you know, and that's and that's really where users see the most benefits of using these cannabis products 
is you want to use it as like a multivitamin or a daily supplement. You you will get the benefits in the moment of using the product, but it really stacks on itself as cumulative relief when you use it in a daily capacity. Okay. So for our users out there, our, I'm sorry, our listeners out there, you really want to ensure that any CBD isolate products that you're using are not ones that you ingest, you know, whether that's eating it or the the oils, the capsules, the gummies, any of the vape cartridges or anything like that, you're going to really get the most benefits from either the broad spectrum or full spectrum products. Okay. And, and let me let me break those down for you really quick. So broad spectrum products are, again, in the extraction process from the hemp flower. Each individual cannabinoid is isolated and removed and then individually put back into the manufactured product without any trace amounts of THC. Right. As, as we said, hemp has a very small amount of THC in it, but at that level, it's negligible. So that's broad spectrum, you know, taking all the healing components, individually extracting them and then putting them back in without any trace amounts of THC. Full spectrum is just one step further. That's the closest to whole plant extraction in which, again, this this plant has been around for hundreds of thousands of years. The less we do to it, the better it is for us. We're As we know, we're hardwired for plant-based medicines. That's just how our yep. physiology works. I love that. Yeah. So with <laughs> so with the full spectrum whole whole flower plant extraction, you're going to be getting all of the molecules, all the cannabinoids all at once and it's just one extraction process, not many individual ones. Um, so then those manufactured products have every single medicinal healing component of the plant. And that's what we advocate for for the most when it comes to the items that you ingest. And and as I said, the the oils, the the edibles, the capsules, any anything like that, you you want to make sure you're getting as close to whole flower extraction as possible. So that's full spectrum. So that's one thing that people should look for if they're trying to purchase one of these products. Yeah, broad broad spectrum is great full spectrum in our opinion is is at least in my personal opinion those are the products that I use awesome so in the full spectrum that would also include terpenes correct so terpenes are another interesting component to the cannabis plant okay and you know everyone kind of right now is also using essential oils as you know medicinal properties so terpenes are the organic carbon chains that give things properties of smell and taste. It's actually the terpene profiles of the cannabis strains that actually determine things like is it an indica or a sativa or oh. um, or a hybrid. Not me neither. Right, exactly. For the, I, I initially thought it was simply the genetics. What strain is it? These are the properties that follow it. It's actually the terpene concentrations and manipulations that determine whether or not, you know, the effects of the strain. So on their own, these oils, these these terpene molecules have their own medicinal properties. And some of them are just a basic few. You know, there's lemonine, 
linalool, pinene, myrcene. Um, you know, those are the basics. And there, there's many, there's many other terpene uh, molecules out there. But so the pinene is what gives something like it's it's built within the name. It's it's the piney smell, like much like a pine tree. So that's that's where that oil actually comes into play. Myrcene is a little bit more earthy and musky, um, similar to cloves. And then limonene is, you know, that citrusy lemon flavor as well. So they each have their own medicinal properties as well. Some are antifungal, some are, you know, additional anti-inflammation. That's that's where we, at least with the products that we offer, we try and make sure that both the cannabinoid profiles and the terpene profiles match and support what our customers are looking for, whether it's anxiety and stress relief or pain management or arthritis or this, that, or the other. But it, it, it really goes to show how dynamic the cannabis plant is in helping so many people with a variety of issues. And, you know, as, as we mentioned, the main property, again, is its anti-inflammatory properties. But this, you know, all of this snaps into the endocannabinoid system, which I'm not sure if our our listeners know much about. You want to tell them? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the in in a brief nutshell, the endocannabinoid system is present. It's a network of receptors, and it's present in all complex vertebrates, which is why people are having such success giving this to their pets. So in the human body, we have two types of receptors, the CB1 receptor and the CB2 receptor. The CB1 receptor is located in our neural tissue, our nervous system, and along our spinal column. The CB2 receptor is our tongue, our entire GI tract, really densely populated in our stomach, our extremities, and actually our skin is a receptor site. So... The reason why we have this endocannabinoid system present in our bodies is because we naturally produce molecules that help regulate different components in our body. The overall focus of the endocannabinoid system is to balance and regulate all of our major bodily functions and ensure that our body is primed for homeostasis as much as possible. So that's that's why when you take cannabis products in a daily capacity, you support the endocannabinoid system, which then in systematically helps balance the rest of the body out. For those of our listeners that want these medicinal benefits but still need to function throughout the day, that's where these hemp-based products come into play. Because again, you're, there's no psychoactivity of the THC and you're not getting high. I read something too about how the endocannabinoid system, basically it learns. So when you're exposed to a stressor, so like you said, it, you want to be in homeostasis, so mm-hmm. balance. But yep. when you're exposed to a stressor, your body has to respond to that stressor. And that's what the endocannabinoid system helps you to become back to homeostasis. But if you're repeatedly exposed to the same stressor, it's easier for your body to get back to homeostasis after you've seen it the 10th time versus when you've seen it the first time. So I thought that that was cool. Absolutely. And that, you know, that little snippet is just, you know, another amazing 
reminder of just how powerful the human body is on its on its own in both terms of maintenance and regulation and self-care and how even more to the point how there are certain stressors hot and cold temperatures healthy stress so to speak Mm -hmm. um you know that there are things that we should not have fear exposing our bodies and our minds to in a daily capacity so that we actually do get stronger along the way so that just like you said the the 10th time of of experiencing something it's a lot easier on the body and we know how to adapt and cope to it versus like the first time and we're like well this is all rather new and how exactly am I to get through this right do you want to talk a little bit about anandamide because that's one of the major molecules, I guess, that we have in our body that work on the endocannabinoid system? Absolutely. So anandamide is one of those endocannabinoid molecules that we produce that interacts with our our system. It comes from the, the Hindu goddess Ananda, and she is in that Hindu religion, she's the goddess of bliss. So anandamide is responsible for mood regulation in our bodies cool. and that interacts specifically with the CB1 receptor. So the reason why, you know, so to speak neurochemically why we get high is because the THC molecule will bind to the CB1 receptor so efficiently and overload it. So instead of feeling calm and relaxed and blissful, you are euphoric and you're actually getting high. Wow, that's crazy. That is with, crazy. With the other molecules, like let's say, you know, so that's THC from the marijuana plant. From hemp, the cannabinoids and in, in molecules from that plant are not going to bind to the CB1 or CB2 receptors in the same fashion and overload them. It actually causes, when they, when they bind to those receptors, it actually causes upregulation. So then the body produces more endocannabinoids to then balance out all the levels. And that's why you bolster and stimulate the endocannabinoid system, but you're not getting high. That's, that's how these molecules kind of mimic anandamide in, like, in that rough capacity. Could that be a reason why you think daily use is pretty important because you have like a constant upregulation? Yes, absolutely. You know, you're continuing to interact and and support the endocannabinoid system. But sort of the imagery that we discuss with our our clients who come to the store is when you use this as a you use the hemp based cannabinoids as a daily multivitamin supplement, it's kind of like it's kind of like a knob. You are setting the speed at which you are systematically reducing inflammation throughout your body. Okay. So that's, you know, that's why you, you really want to take the, the, the protocol daily. Okay. And I know you said in the dispensaries, you have to be a MD or a pharmacist. Could you, like if someone came in and they had a specific area that they've heard about that they want to benefit from, would you have individual products that could specifically help with one thing versus another? In the, yes. Yes, we do. Like in the in the sh- in the short answer of that, yes, it's really helpful with these full spectrum products because they are able to relieve and assess a litany of issues. So for somebody coming in, 
that has severe daily anxiety versus somebody who has, you know, spinal stenosis or rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. The full spectrum products are just able to kind of tackle the wider range of of issues and concerns. As my business partner Paul and I continue to participate and evolve in this industry and work with these farmers and manufacturing companies, we are, you know, on the lookout for specifically designed products for certain issues. I think that that will be next. I love it. So a prime example is there's this really interesting pattern and phenomenon with stress, anxiety, and individual sleep cycles. So we have a lot of really good results and feedback using higher strength gummies, capsules, and oils to help people with either getting to sleep or staying asleep seems to be the main issue for a lot of individuals. So you can choose the specific product for them for that problem. Yeah. When when it comes to the consumables and these more intensive issues, the, the oil, the capsules, and the edibles, they all have the same efficacy. It's just more so what's going to be easiest for the user. You know, so that's why we just carry a variety of products and, and delivery mechanisms so that it's just easy. They don't have to think about it. It's not considered a chore to take their medicine. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm getting ready for bed. I'm just going to eat a gummy before I go to sleep. And by the time my head hits the pillow, you know, I'm ready to fall asleep and I'm going to, I'm going to stay asleep, you know? So it's, it's just, it's a combination of what dosage strength is going to help them with their specific physical or mental concerns as well as just what delivery mechanism is the easiest to snap into their lifestyle. I have a question. This is kind of delivery mechanism, kind of not really. So I know that some of the different, like CBD, the oral products are formulated with different oils. Like I know MCT oil or whatever, or does that have an influence on the product? Not, not really. Specifically with the oils, you know, and and as you said, so there there are different carrier oils that can be used. Carrier oils, that's what to, to hold the cannabinoid molecules in them, because uh, cannabis is fat soluble, so that's why you know when you cook with it, you need like a butter or a cre- like some kind of fat to hold those molecules in. So right now, what we're seeing in the industry, there's a lot of coconut MCT oil bases grapeseed oil, hemp seed oil, you know, our listeners want to be careful to make sure that you don't have any food allergies to those products. Even though the volume, the eyedroppers that they're in, mm-hmm. the, the total volume of, of each eyedropper bottle is, you know, usually 30 milliliters. And the volume of the eyedropper itself is one milliliter. So for all intents and purposes, it's a month's supply of oil. But even at one milliliter of one of those carrier oils, it can cause an allergic reaction in the user if they're not mindful of what the carrier oil is. So we always preface preface that with the people who come into our stores, you know, when they want to buy the oil, we say, do you have any food allergies, anything with coconut or grapeseed oil or coconut? That's a big one. People are allergic to coconuts. That's a big thing for anything that you recommend someone to take is to find out what allergies they have. Yeah. Because it's absolutely terrible in the product that would cause harm. 
and that snaps again into like the education and the consultation process that we have with our customers is where the cannabis industry is right now, especially on the, the new side of this hemp CBD coin, is really truly for this to continue to grow and evolve, we need compassionate, knowledgeable professionals to, to drive all of this. You know, this this plant has amazing medicinal properties, and I, I take great pride and passion in sharing that information with people that are interested in it. And, you know, just empowering them to make healthier lifestyle choices for, for what they're trying to figure out in life. Right now with the pharmaceutical industry, it's kind of, dare I say, negligent. People are either being prescribed medication that doesn't work or has severe side effects or sometimes Unfortunately, physicians aren't necessarily listening to their patients and they're just kind of going by, quote unquote, the book. Like, yeah. this is the only information and access of knowledge that I have. This is what works with my other patients. This is this is all I'm going to recommend to you. And we're actually getting a, a lot of elderly patients coming in saying, I need all natural, the pharmaceuticals I'm on have terrible side effects, I don't like the way they make me feel, they don't even really address my my issues. That's really why we got into this, was to just help people, you know, help help them understand how this plant works and help them understand that there is a better way to address their mental and, and physical ailments. I love it. And like, obviously, I'm a pharmacist. He's going to be a pharmacist. And we obviously believe in medication, but over medicating or one size fits all or using medication and not doing it in conjunction with lifestyle changes are things that I do not believe in. Also, I have a problem with let's give the patient this medication. Okay, that medication is causing a side effect. Let's give them something to treat that side effect. Instead of just discontinuing the first right. one. Right, precisely. Exactly. And, going, and going back to the drawing board versus just throwing the the biochemistry all out of whack. Right. It's so much easier for a physician to just say, well, add them on this instead of going back and starting completely over and trying to find a care plan that works best for them because right. it's a patient-centered care. So you have to think about the patient first and don't think that they're just another case question or something like that. I mean, and on the side of the physician, it is so challenging when they have an average of seven minutes with each patient for them to take that time to think through that care process. Yeah. That goes back to the insufficiencies of our healthcare system in general, which I guess. A hundred percent. You know, you want to try and diagnose, assess, and make recommendations in under seven minutes. Like, that's just a little bit over the amount of time it takes to fill up your car with a tank of gas. Like, that's absurd. Right. And it's why physicians get burnt out, because they don't feel like they're having meaningful impact on their patients. Like, they don't feel like they are actually helping their patients to get better. They're just managing this whole myriad of chronic conditions that they have. Yeah. And it and for them, you know, it gets it gets to the point of like every day is just a gauntlet. Like I got 50 patients I got to get through. I only have a certain amount of time. Am I going to eat lunch? Am I going to get a break to collect my head? You know, who's taking all my notes? Who's doing oversight and making sure prescriptions and medications are followed through? And 
it's 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 alarming that somebody whose vocation is to is to heal and practice medicine that you guys are now under the gun with a time constraint. Right. That just that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So with us, for new customers that come in or people that call in, they're like, do I need a doctor's note? Do I need to make an appointment? Do I need to set a consultation? And thankfully, you don't need any of that. You come in, we have a very professional looking storefront. We have chairs for people to sit down more as a lounge capacity. And, you know, we really, really, truly try and take as much time as needed to understand, you know, what their concerns are. You know, what are you going through right now? What's your lifestyle look like? What are the things that you're trying to work on outside of getting off this medicine or alleviating this physical or mental issue? So I guess kind of stemming off of from there, what have your clients, what kind of disease states have they had success with managing? So pain, sleep, what other Anxiety. We get we get a lot of individuals with arthritis, spinal stenosis, spinal fusions, neuropathy anywhere in the body, aches and pains, withdrawals oh, yeah. from from other medications, specifically opiates, sleep issues, MS, Parkinson's, Crohn's, IBS. You know, literally literally pretty much anything and everything. And and for for the again, because Paul and I are not licensed medical professionals. You know, we always state that disclaimer with everybody we work with. We tell them we know a lot about the cannabis plant, a good, you know, a lot about the actual science of how the molecules interact with the human body. But, you know, if, if we ever get to a point in our conversation or assessment, we say, we definitely want you to speak to your licensed physician. We would love to have a conversation with them as well. But honestly, nine times out of 10, those individuals are coming into their into our store because they either have no alternatives or they're really, truly interested in using these hemp-based products because they've heard really good testimonials. Or they're just curious. They want to explore an all-natural plant-based medicine that they know will have much better efficacy and way less side effects, if not no side effects. That was perfect transition to my next question. Are there any side effects that they should be aware of? Or are there any patients that would you'd be hesitant to recommend one of these products for? Our main concern is any individual that is on antipsychotics. Mm. Granted, granted, the levels of THC in that psychoactive molecule are so low in hemp-based plants that, you know, in reality, it's probably not an issue. But for anybody on antipsychotics, we always, always recommend, you know, before taking this, we really think you should speak to your psychiatrist, psychologist, who is ever prescribing these medicines for you, talk to your primary care. And, you know, you guys, you guys work out, you know, the the chemistry specifics and see if it's going to be a good fit or not. Um, but other than that, well, from a, um, I guess from for drug drug interactions from a pharmacy 
perspective, I can say that I know for patients that are on epilepsy medications, the um, cannabidiol can actually interfere with how the epilepsy medications are metabolized. And so anyone who has a seizure disorder, um, I would use caution because it can interact with some of the medications that they might be taking to control their seizures. Absolutely. And that's, and that is more specifically why we advocate for full spectrum whole plant extraction. It's like, you're not just getting this heavy concentrated dose of the CB of just the CBD molecule, right? You know, you're getting the whole exposure to all the medicinal properties at their naturally proportioned ratios to the plant that you're extracting them from. Absolutely. You know, the the true key to all of this is ensuring that whatever cannabis products you're consuming, you want to know that they're well sourced and that the, you know, whether it's a, a dispensary or a retail location or an online vendor, The main thing right now, again, in this industry being so unregulated is you want to ensure that these products are uh, third party lab tested and that the individuals selling the products know how to interpret those lab tests so that, you know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, we have it and it's good. It's like, well, do you even know what you're looking at? Yeah. Yeah. Let me say something about that. So Circle K I don't, do you guys have Circle K in Connecticut? I forgot. What is that? A gas station. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Okay, so no. I don't think so, no. Okay, so Circle K is a gas station here, and there's one right near my house, and there's a banner that says CBD sold here, and then there's a thing that says quality control studies with a check mark next to it. Awesome. So how do you feel about (laughs) that? I would highly recommend to our listeners to avoid gas stations and even some quote unquote head shops. Again, it's it's possible that those places might carry good quality products, but I'm not exactly sure that's the best (laughs) location to get them from, even even from head shops and such. Like, not only do you want to be ensuring that the products you're getting are well sourced and high quality but the individual that you're getting the products from knows what they're talking about i agree and and we're finding that is not the case uh up here in connecticut you know some of our customers come in they're like oh yeah i saw cbd products at bed bath and beyond and you (laughs) kind of scratch your head and you're like do you want to pick up your medicine from the same place that you get your bed sheets from No, it's just it's just not congruent with an ideal location. And again, this the CD CBD boom is everywhere. And that's that's my main concern is either the companies or individuals that are trying to get in on this emerging industry simply to make money and not have good quality products or products that can actually be harmful for people, people that are, are doing a disservice to the power and efficacy of this plant and for those of us in the cannabis industry that are actually compassionate professionals that know what we're doing. So I would love for every one of our listeners to go on your website and order from you, but if they would like to go into a shop that's local to them, how can they know that it's actually a quality shop and like what kind of questions should they ask the people in there to make sure that they're getting a good quality product? So going back to 
the knowledge about whether the manufactured products have CBD isolate in them or if they're broad spectrum or full spectrum, that's very, very important. Again, more of a personal slash professional recommendation. Anything that you ingest or consume should at the very least be broad spectrum. If you can, if you have access to full spectrum products, stick with those. And then, you know, the products that have CBD isolate would be more so something that is topically applied, whether it's a soap or a bath bomb or a lotion or a salve or a cream. That's okay because it filters through the body differently. And then, you know, going into those locations, be very upfront. Just say, hey, do you have lab results? What are the sources of your products? At our store, we only work with family-owned organic farms and and family-owned manufacturing companies in the U.S. That's it. Every single shipment of product that comes in has a copy of lab results and you know we we read those on the spot when they come in and that and that would be the other component is like do you have lab results and do you even know what you're interpreting can you tell me the difference between the delta 9 results where is the cbd uh, concentration at where's the thc concentration at what strains of cannabis plants were these products manufactured from how is the plant grown and what conditions do your lab tests also have um, heavy metal reports as well? Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into this, but empower yourself. Knowledge is one of the most powerful things that we can have. And, you know, with, with the advent of the internet, we have access to all the libraries in the world. Do your homework, do, do your due diligence and, and make sure that you can enter a dispensary or retail location confident and knowledgeable with what you're looking for. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I was going to say about knowledge for anything, not just this topic in general, just health overall. Doing a little bit of research and finding out a little bit for yourself can help you develop the best care plan, I would say, for yourself. Yeah, and then doing a little research helps you to know what questions you should even ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if, if, you know, your doctor asks you, do you have any questions, you don't even know what, what you, you should ask. ask. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, go in the, the other the other component into going into these places and, and, and you know, having this knowledge and, and learning more about the products, it will also help you make a better decision if you are you know, if your current employer does active drug testing and you want to ensure, again, because this is a federally legalized plant. To the best of my knowledge right now, no, at the state level, no state has made these products illegal across the board. Some states in their chapters of the FDA are having some conversations and difficulties on whether or not hemp or the CBD molecule should be allowed in food or beverages or we're having that problem in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Massachusetts just did a, a very interesting ban across the board on a lot of these products, even though they are now a 
adult recreational marijuana yeah. legalized state. It's it's weird. it's yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird time in the cannabis industry right now as as more science and more clinically backed research comes out to help state legislatures and scientists make the right decisions. <laughs> Going back to the the drug testing side of this, most five panel drug tests are only looking for the presence of the THC molecule. There are other employers, you know, federal employees, the airline industry, the the train industry, Department of Transportation. You want to talk to your management team or your union reps or, or whoever's, you know, in, in charge of the testing and what they're looking after. Um, so again, most, most employers, it's just a five panel drug stream using these hemp-based and CBD products, the, the THC is not going to, to show positive or get flagged. Um, and then for more intensive drug tests, you know, that's when you want, just don't have the fear of having an open, open conversation about this. Again, this is federally legalized organic plant medicine. You know, you should talk about it in the same capacity that you're taking a multivitamin. Yeah. Right. But, you know, and not having fear of being penalized for even asking the questions of like, hey, can I use CBD to help support me? And I think in general, the important thing to know is that the level is so low that there is a very high likelihood it's not going to show up on your drug test. Correct. We could talk about dose. Yeah. So basic beginner level, you know, anywhere from 250 milligrams to a 500 milligram strength is ideal for first-time cannabis users or individuals that have extremely low to mild uh, concerns or symptoms, whether it's, you know, low-grade anxiety that occasionally maybe somebody feels anxious or apprehensive or basic aches and pains, post-workout recovery, things like that. And then from there, you know, you start getting into higher dosage products. So like I said, the 250 to 500 milligrams is a good beginner dose. As a part of my protocol, I use a thousand milligram strength oil. So that's more for medium, moderate symptoms to just under severe. A thousand milligram strength is, is a good start. And then for serious, severe issues, Anywhere from 2,000 milligrams to above is where you want to dose the products. And, and again, everybody's body chemistry is different. So that's a good bearing for where these people should start using these products. But we encourage people to, to customize it, change it up every day. If you're, if you're not getting the relief you're looking for right now, then don't hesitate to take more. Removing that fear of there's very, very low THC, so you're not going to get high. You're still going to be able to function. And what's nice about the hemp side of this is you're, you're not building up a tolerance. Once you are able to fine-tune and dial in the dosage protocol in your hemp therapy that works best for you, then you don't need to increase it as time goes on. That's awesome. And one thing, too, I think that is important if you've never gotten it before, the dosage that Duncan was saying is that's the dose in the whole. Is it the whole bottle or a 30 ml? Yeah, it's the it's the whole container. So when you see 
capsule bottles and gummy bottles usually show the total concentration for the whole volume of the product. And then it breaks it down like, oh, each gummy is 50 milligrams, each capsule is 25 milligrams, things like that. Right. The oils, when I say it's a thousand milligram strength, that means in the entire bottle. So if there's 30 milliliters in the bottle, then each daily serving is roughly 34 milligrams. Which is one dropper. One full eyedropper's worth. Right. Cool. Awesome. I loved it. Well, I have to ask you my final question that I ask all of my guests, which is what is your one health and wellness tip that you could give to our listeners? When it when it comes to holistic medicine and improving the body, try not to focus on one change solves all of your problems. It's more of realizing and analyzing where you are right now. So I would say in terms of holistic uh, lifestyle choices, you want to identify all the things that you're trying to change and improve upon. And instead of looking for the one solution to solve everything, be realistic and understand that when you change a lot of little things in little capacities, when you do those over a long amount of time, that's where you see the most noticeable results. So whether that's diet or exercise or your medication protocols, small changes over a longer amount of time, I feel will yield the the best results. I agree. Because most chronic conditions that people deal with have been long-standing exposure to different things. So there's no way that you're just going to implement one thing and reverse everything that's gone wrong. It's more of a slow process. And people want fix but that doesn't always work the microwave generation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the instant gratification um you know quick medicine and that's that's kind of how we look at the pharmaceutical industry at least the one the products that aren't as effective and have a litany of side effects you know we kind of we kind of say that's the fast food of medicine i agree Well, thank you so much for joining us. So tell our listeners where they can find more information about you and your, your, your store. Absolutely. So I, and, and again, thank you very much, Katie and Marcus for having me. So anybody that's interested in learning a little bit more or checking more about, um, our CBD store, um, we are called better ways. We're out of Brantford, Connecticut. And you can check out our website at www.betterwayscbd.com. And we have a lot of more information about all of our products. And we do um, actually have an online store where you can purchase some of our products and we can ship them out to you. And if people have questions for you, can they reach out to you through the website as well? Absolutely. We have our store number, we have our email address and and all of that. So anybody that wants to uh, send us a message or some questions, we're more than happy to to communicate. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love talking to you about this. This was great. Yeah, this was this was amazing. And and I hope it helps provide our listeners with uh, a little clear direction and understanding of everything that's going on. I think it shall. Awesome. All right, Duncan. Have a good afternoon. All right. You too. Thanks, guys. Bye.